Hello and welcome to a drama-filled episode of Save Station Report. Or at least drama, considering, you know, however you look at the news. Um, I'm your host, Dustin, and with me is my co-host, Connor. Hello there. And before we get to all that spicy news, let's talk about what we've been playing. Why don't you kick us off here? I want to hear about Danganronpa. Yeah, uh, Danganronpa, however you want to pronounce it, really. I've been playing... Dragon Grandpa. Darn it, Grandpa. The... (laughs) I've been playing the third game, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony, I believe is the full title. Um, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on it because this is a series where, like, if you don't know anything about it, then that's when you want to play it. If you do know things about it, then you've probably already played it. Um, it's cool. I like the improvements it's made over the past few games. Um, the first two, I know there's a spinoff in there, but that doesn't quite count for this. Uh, but yeah, I was kind of worried how they would continue the story, but so far, I'm only about halfway through it. Uh, it's doing pretty good so far, so. It's a visual novel, yeah? Yeah, they're visual novel detective puzzle games. Very much like um, Ace Attorney, but more, a lot more anime than Ace Attorney. <laughs> right. They, they announced a new game, right? The developer? Um... Yes, the World's End Club. World's End Club. I always get it confused with the World Ends with you. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that because I, I missed out on the Rafa series, so I'm I'm excited for that new game to hopefully jump into the ground floor at something. Yeah, um, the we'll see on that one. Um, thankfully, the Rafa series is available on a lot of like digital platforms, so I think they're all on Steam. The I think most of them, if not all of them, are available through the uh, PlayStation Store, but. I am aware that finding physical copies can be kind of difficult. Like, a lot of them jumped up in price recently, so... Uh, if you're looking for a physical, it's going to be difficult whether you're finding the PS4 version or the Vita version. But uh, digital is probably the way to go. Nice. Um, well, a, a lot of my games have been touching, um, but just, like, touching quickly on. Uh, this first... I played the Ratchet & Clank... Uh, 20, 2016 new patch for PS5 came out. Um, really, all it does is update the frame rate to run at 60. It plays beautifully. Uh, I intended to play the first couple levels for this podcast, really, just so I can be like, hey, it's good, or hey, it doesn't work, or whatever. It's really good. Uh, it looks really nice. I cannot believe that game ran at 30. Honestly, playing it now, I'm like, this is probably what it should have been running at the entire time. Um, but anyway, and then I just played the whole game again. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, fair. Fair enough. It's a it's a it's a very fun game. I highly recommend it. It's in the PlayStation Plus collection. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it so was also free through the Play it. at Home if you got it that way. Yeah, d- highly recommend playing that game. The story is wonky. Whatever. It was a movie tie-in game to a bad movie. So, you know. But gameplay-wise, that is some of the most fun I had on my PS4 back in the day, and honestly, my PS5 now. Like, it's a great game. Yeah, that makes you makes you excited for the new one, huh? Oh yeah, so excited. Uh, uh speaking of these sort of just uh, making a game smoother, I want to talk about control. I know we talked about this recently, but uh, I've recently finished the PS5 version, <laughs> and? and let me tell you, I was when I first played it back on PS4, I did not think very highly of the game. It was just like. I guess the performance really bugged me, but then there were a couple weird gameplay things that I just didn't, wasn't crazy about. Uh, playing it again, 
I definitely enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I did before. Uh, it It's amazing how much a smooth frame rate can really enhance that game because oh, when yeah. it runs at a consistent... I played the um, performance mode, so I believe that's a consistent 60. It is, yeah. Um, man, when that game isn't just tanking to 15 frames per second at points, it's actually really enjoyable. Go figure. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple still just like weird gameplay things where like I personally would like a flashlight or better HDR settings because certain areas are just dark and I can't quite see what's in the corners or whatever. Uh, but that's, I could, I can get behind that just being a me problem, but, uh, overall I found it to be a lot better this second time around. Yeah. We talked about that last time and yeah, it's, it's definitely a game that if you bounced off of it on PS4, totally understandable play the new updated version it's it's phenomenal uh did you get around to the dlc uh i started some of it and then was like eh, i'm i'm good actually i'm just gonna finish the game i got other stuff to play fair uh especially I when i got into the stuff that was all talking about like alan wake and i was like i haven't right. played alan wake i don't understand any of this so i didn't put this into news which i'm realizing is failing on my part but yeah it would appear remedy's making alan wake 2 which is super exciting um so just to know uh, that DLC makes a lot more sense now, um, its existence. That was, a, I think, a Jeff reported on that, so it's trustworthy. Um, very, very excited for that. Apparently that's coming out of that Epic deal they made. Oh, yeah, good for them. The I'm glad they're so. getting money for their weird projects. Yeah, Alan Wake is a kind of a weirdo Resident Evil game, and it's, it's neat if you haven't played it. Um, I finished up my second... Second Switch playthrough of Spyro 2 Reignited. Um, Yay! Uh, this is the first time I've fully played that game using its weird pseudo New Game Plus. It's the only Spyro game that has it. Um, at the end of the game, you unlock a fireball upgrade, so you can basically snipe with your brain breath instead of... Like, in, in Spyro, typically... If you don't know what Spyro is, by the way, they're 3D platformers, kind of like Mario 64 or whatever. Um, but typically, your attack is a flame breath, which kind of arcs out like a shotgun blast. In uh, New Game Plus, you get a power-up that allows you to shoot fireballs, so you can shoot fireballs from across the map that'll also destroy objects that you would have needed special moves for in the main game. I've never fully played the game with it, because I like upgrading and stuff, but it's a, it, it was a different experience, and it was fun, and it allows you to bypass some of the things you'd have to backtrack for. Not everything, though, unfortunately. It doesn't... It, like, when you start a new file, it doesn't give you all the moves Spyro needs, which I find to be kind of dumb. But yeah, it was a slightly different experience. Spyro Reunited, still great. Yeah, well, and you've played that game how many times, so... Oh, yeah, hundreds. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking of a what? platformer that I have yeah. been replaying, uh, I want to talk about Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, I've been playing this one again just because, I don't know, I sort of bounced off of 3D World because I got kind of bored, but I'll go back to it some other day. But I was in the middle of 100%ing it again, so I jumped back on that file, and man, there's just like no other game with that kind of movement, where every move just sort of flows into each other, and uh, this isn't really any new anything new if you know anything about this game, but man, is it so much fun to play. This is the third time I will have completed it. Mario Odyssey is a 10 out of 10. I, you were making me want to play it. I haven't played it since 2017, since it came out, and I'm, I'm kind of... One yeah, now. play it again. It's so the amount of just like nonsense you can get away with just using this moveset is absolutely fantastic. It just feels so great to move around in that game. 
Yes. Uh, another platformer. Surprise, surprise for this show. I checked out, uh, for the first time, the first couple levels in Kirby Planet Robotobot. Robobot? Robobot? Whatever. Um, that game leaves a great first impression. <laughs> I, uh really enjoyed the intro to that game i'm really excited to get back to it it's um it's also my first kirby game i should note i've never played one before um it's it's got this um it's got this like 50s sci-fi aesthetic to it that i find incredibly pleasing to look at it's very colorful it's got like goofy looking environments and robots and stuff like that uh kirby gets a mech in some levels that you get to go wreck people with it's super fun yeah, it's, it's just super charming and delightful, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, I've heard wonderful things about that game like for years now, so I'm, I'm pretty into it so far. Yeah, you'll have to let me know how it goes, because the main complaint I hear levied at a lot of Kirby games is that they're either A, super easy, or B, pretty repetitive. <laughs> um, right. And I, you know, I kind of liked it. I, the only one I've really played to completion is... Uh, star allies on switch uh and i can understand where people would say yeah it's pretty easy like everything except the final boss can be breezed past um so yeah you'll have to tell me how that goes because that might be a definitely one to look out for yeah maybe next episode we'll get an update um tell me about black mesa though you started that last time so how's that been going yeah i finished it um probably about a week ago but uh, it's actually really solid. I know the biggest complaint that a lot of people have with the original Half-Life, the one from 1998, was the last few chapters where you're in Zen, the alien planet. I guess spoilers for the end of that. But those chapters get really bogged down from what I've he- heard, where like it's all just really dumb platforming stuff and... There's not really a whole lot of the shooting and like enemy management that you did the rest of the game. It's just here's some weird platforming. And playing the the Black Mesa, I hear that they did a lot to fix that, which I can kind of see. I did think that the the Zen chapters ran a little long compared to the rest of the game. I felt like it was supposed to be just a third act, but then ended up feeling like half the game. <laughs> even though it was only a few chapters. Um, When I got to, like, the sixth loading zone in when I'm climbing towers full of barrels, I'm like, okay, (laughs) when is this tower going to end? But (laughs) I thought the sort of the progression and the way that it tells its story through, like, just brief character moments where you meet someone who's hunkered in a safe spot and they're like, oh, they're waiting for you over here. Oh, we need your help. Like, I found that pretty engaging and then you hear the like military pa system so you kind of tell what they're thinking as well Uh, i found all that storytelling stuff really cool uh if a bit of simplistic at points but yeah would recommend the remake uh i had it crash on me once but that could just be my computer because i was melting like every enemy on the screen and it decided that it didn't want anything with that so we should say black mesa is a uh officially endorsed fan remake right like that's not a valve developed product yeah it was um a bunch of just dedicated community members that were working on it and then they wanted to publish it on steam and valve was like yeah sure whatever 
Nice. We need more of that. We need more Valves and Segas out there. Um, so, yeah. Um, last thing, I checked out the opening, basically just the first level, for Oddworld Soulstorm. Yeah, uh, I did as well this time. Yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed it. Um, I think it does feel dated in some weird ways. Like, it does kind of feel like a game from the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, even though it's a modern release which i thought was interesting like not necessarily bad yet i could see though if it gets more challenging that being a problem um the thing i noted was the first level went on for like 20 minutes though and it kind of all felt like the same um so hopefully there's a little bit more variety in the rest of the game but uh so far i'm into it i yeah. really enjoy the story so far i think it's presented like incredibly yeah the um, animation and like character detail is insane for the cutscenes yeah, especially totally um and i have like a i i never played an odd world game so this is my first time so maybe my reaction to it feeling old is also from that but yeah i i i'm, I'm intrigued i don't know if i will continue on right now um you kind of have the same reaction that i was feeling the other day we were talking and um you mentioned how like it's, it's kind of hard to play it right now since we're in the middle of little nightmares like it's it's a similar-ish kind of game so it's a. Uh, I don't know if I'll end up playing more of it right now and get back to it later. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. you should probably also play New and Tasty if you haven't. Um, since that you know leads into this one. Right. Uh, New and Tasty also isn't super long, but yeah, the I definitely see what you mean where it feels sort of dated in that sense. But I think the main problem with that was having only played the first level the first level is this like action set piece and everything's kind of exploding and you're mainly uh guided to just run through a lot of things and that's not really where this 2d odd world uh really shines it's really in like the puzzle solving and the stealth so i feel like that's not like a great indication of what it's what it could be i feel like i, I played a little bit after that and it started getting into it but yeah, uh, especially with New and Tasty, that's where it was like, that's where the gameplay really shined was where you were sneaking around enemies and trying not to get your uh, little buddies killed and all that kind right. of stuff. Yeah, and so. I figured that that wasn't necessarily indicative of the rest of the game, but yeah, just in the core basic platforming, that's where I was like, oh, this is uh, a little bit stiff. Yeah, uh, well, but, and it's yeah. designed to be like those kind of older platformers. Um, Stuff like Flashback, I think, is the big one to jump to. Uh, so it sure. definitely has that sort of stilted feel to it. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. It's not like I'm writing it off yet. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still going to check it out more. Um, but that's basically the games we've been playing. I did Platinum, Ratchet and Crank, uh, or Kraken Time. So, you know, you know, I'm a god-tier gamer. Whatever. You know, <laughs> no big deal. About it. Humble brag. deal about it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's let's move on to some news. Um, you know, some some little bit of a bummer here. Death Loop has been delayed. Uh, it will now be released September fourteenth, twenty twenty one. I I think at this point in the year we can expect almost every game to get delayed. <laughs> so you know, be ready for more of these. Unfortunately. It sounds like, uh, from, from what we're seeing, it sounds like COVID really messed up a lot. And 
we're just now seeing the ripple effects of that, so I'm not necessarily surprised by this, and I honestly side-eyeing Resident Evil <laughs> right now. Um, we'll see. What's your take on this? Uh, I kind of ex- expected this with how little we've seen. I mean, we've seen, like, gameplay we've trailers seen, like, and whatnot, but we haven't really trailers. seen... Yeah, but we haven't seen, like, full detailed rundowns of it or like extended things about it so i'm like okay that kind of felt like it might need to be delayed especially as we got closer and closer to release i was like okay um we either need to start seeing something or they delay it and they delayed it and honestly i'm not too upset about that like obviously we're kind of losing out on a summer hit for the playstation but yeah i mean i still have a ton of other games to play so i'm like okay i can wait a little bit for this one yeah totally and there's a bunch of stuff coming out in may like you know unless stuff gets delayed <laughs> you know? but you know give those games more room to breathe it's it's fine uh the only thing i will say that i'm a bit concerned with is i feel like this game is like on the edge of being a bit over marketed i feel like you know two more trailers that are exactly the same thing people are going to start being sick of seeing it <laughs> which you know doesn't necessarily spell doom but it is a thing to know i do feel like when games are in development forever and we know about them forever there's just a chance that hearing about them all the time can get tiring so you know yeah i'm still waiting just on the mechanic breakdown of the other assassin yeah yeah they've never they still have never clarified if that's a multiplayer mechanic or not yep so i'm waiting on that maybe they don't even know oh that would that would be bad that would be, hey, maybe delay this game a couple of years bad. <laughs> um, I'm sure they know, but yeah. Uh, you put this in here, Neo, The World Ends With You. Uh, release date announced July 27th. That's pretty close. Yeah, they just announced that this game exists, and they're like, hey, it's going to be real soon. So yeah, This wasn't that Nintendo Direct, right, from a while ago? No, that was something else. This, is, this just came across, I believe, yesterday or this morning. This um, was announced a couple uh, months ago. I remember this getting announced because World Ends with You fans freaking out about it. That like was the they announced an anime for it. That's what everyone is freaking out about. Really? Yeah. Okay. This was this was brand new. They just announced that there's a new game. Oh well, cool. Yeah, this is a full sequel to the World Ends with You, uh, built specifically. I I don't remember what all platforms it's going to be. It's not like a Nintendo exclusive like the original was. Uh, this one might be on like pc as well the main one i pulled the release date for was uh, switch but yeah it's completely built up not using the same combat system as the original uh all new characters there's some returning faces that, that are hinted at in the trailer but uh super cool i never played the original i'm looking to fix that soon but yeah for all those fans this is pretty soon and it it's looking really good i love the animation and they're still keeping those 2D character portrait style with these really stylized character portraits and uh, full voice acting, and it looks fantastic. Did you play the original? I did not. I'm looking to. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I heard bad things about the Switch port, so I... Yeah, yeah if I'm going to play it, I'll probably seek out the DS version. Yeah. All right, this next section, these next two stories, I'm going to... This is where the drama starts. <laughs> this is next where the... Next three uh, stories, you still got to tell me about baseball. Oh, I was... Okay, okay. Look, these next two stories, drama, the next story, bad drama. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, let's let's talk about... Let's talk about Kojima. Kojima might be in bed with that Xbox. 
Um, and in a report from Gamesby, um, well, actually, let, let's start. Let's start back. This was a weird story that kind of materialized out of nowhere. Uh, Sony the other day announced a trailer for a game or showed a trailer for a game called Abandoned, which is a, I think, a PS5 exclusive, not made by them. It's an indie game. Yeah, um, it is a PS5 exclusive. I looked this up. It's by um, developer Blue Box Blue Games Box, yes. Studios, and yes. it looks to be like a survival horror type game. Um, and then I looked on their website, and they're a small team from the Netherlands. <laughs> but yes, it looks so, like a lot of this info is added later. Yes, it was for for a reason. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, this game abandoned it's if you look at the trailer it's 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 a bad trailer i'm gonna be real yeah <laughs> I, i'm kind of interested enticing. in the game but like it's not a great reveal trailer if you're in the game please don't do a teaser trailer for your first reveal give us something substantial to look at because <laughs> we don't know what this game is we can't you know like if you're resident evil that makes sense but if it's something new we can't sink our teeth into it so it's just not a great trailer <laughs> unfortunately um but because this trailer, I think because it wasn't so good, and because, as you mentioned, the information for their site was added recently, um, they did not have a social media presence or a great website at all. And so people just assumed that this was Kojima, back to his old shit, um, fucking around and playing like this is his new game, but he's announcing it as an indie developer, and then he's going to reveal it. Much yeah, like he like, did a while ago with the Phantom Pain. Yeah, with <laughs> Moby Dick that. Studios and all that. Yeah, so that got that got in the air and, you know, the internet is the internet and took it very far. And so um, Jeff Gudd came out. He said he's working on a story. He's like, this is not true. I know this isn't true because Kojima is currently in talks with Microsoft to publish his next game. Um, which is the actual news here. Which is really interesting uh microsoft is doing this because they want more of a foothold in the japanese market which makes sense hey since yeah, sony seems to be leaving get in there <laughs> um, yeah xbox is it hasn't ever really been all that popular in japan so yeah um i think that's great news um i want kojima to be able to make the weird garbage he makes <laughs> so you know whoever's willing to fund it awesome i i assume this will come to game pass that's great um Especially, you know, who knows, after uh, Death Stranding of Sony was into making another one of those, I kind of doubt it. Because it's just so weird, and given their recent history, it just doesn't seem like something they'd be, they'd be interested in. So if Xbox willing to fund it, awesome, good. I'm glad he's still around and still able to make those games. What is your take on that? Yeah, honestly, um, with Xbox's track record of bringing their first-party stuff to PC, I'm not too worried about it. I would have... If it was a issue of me having to buy an Xbox for it, then it would be a bigger thing. But like, eh, it's fine. Um, yeah, honestly, as long as someone's funding his weird fever dreams, I'm all on board. So <laughs> good yeah, on him. Totally. Totally. Um, also, it's probably good, you know, probably a good thing for that abandoned game. <laughs> you know, it's one of those like, I would never have heard of that game if it wasn't for all of this. So. Yeah, Probably if you go to their around, developer honestly. website, there's actually a banner right at the top that says "Our Take on the Kojima Rumors." Yeah, I read that. Um, their um, their head of studio wasn't thrilled about that, which I get. He, you know, basically taking their work and assuming it's somebody else. Like I get that, but I think that ultimately it'll probably do more good for them than harm. Yeah, because so. people know the name and 
might yeah, can actually look trailer, at it more. I wasn't going to do them any favors, so... It has, by the way, people should go watch it. It has some of the worst trailer voiceover I've heard in a long time. Did you read some of the comments where they're talking like one of the lines sounds like she just straight up messed it up? No. I mean, I assume, to be fair, I assume it's a COVID, you know, maybe it's somebody who works at the studio. Like, I'm not going to trash them for that, but it did bring me back to like 20, 2010 or whatever when every trailer had awful voiceover. I was like, okay, guys. So, we know about video games. I'd say we're fairly, you know, we, we know our stuff. I know uh, more about video games than most things. Yeah, but if there's one thing that we also know a lot about, it's definitely baseball. Well, speak for yourself. I know jack shit about Tell me baseball. about baseball, Connor. Uh, you know, uh, for the longest time as a kid, I thought that the rules in Wii Sports were how the game actually worked and that you there weren't like people that just catch the ball. It'd be like, oh, if you hit it this far, then you get a double. <laughs> I honestly I'm with you on that I also thought that's how baseball was <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I was a very young kid but like it's yeah I was not well versed in the sport so yes obviously you know we're not experts on this but this is a fascinating story about a little video game called MLB the show have you heard of that yes there's a new one right there's a new one. It is a sports simulation game, so it is akin to your Maddens or your FIFAs. Yeah, um, but the show I heard was... Because that was on PS3 last time, the show? Or at least the last time I heard about the it show. It comes out every year, just like a Madden. It's a yearly release. Okay. It is a Sony-developed and published video game. It has been a Sony exclusive since its inception. Their developer makes it. Um, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before that. They announced it would be coming to Xbox. Yay. Good. Um, cool. You yeah. Know, we talked about exclusives and how we wished more games would just go everywhere, especially after a couple of years. Like, you know, wh- why? Why keep them? Why not let other people play them? Um, yeah, that's I think a good it's thing. like a statistical fact that most of the game sales happen within the first week. So after that, like, from a business standpoint, who cares? <laughs> just, I mean, you could get another first week by putting it on another platform. Totally. And, you know, Sony, to give them some credit before we uh, completely shit on them, again, sorry, we're, uh, you know, if you expected this episode to be nicer to them than the last one. Nope. Uh, but, but yeah, they're they're putting their games out on PC. You know, they announced Days Gone would be coming to PC uh, and then said some others. They didn't give specifics, but, you know, I, I'm, I think that's a great thing. Uh, but the MLB, the show thing coming to Xbox, that seems like an MLB call since they own the license, and um, they are listed as the publisher on the Xbox version. But here's where the fun drama starts. Oh, goodness. Xbox announced the other day, MOB The Show will be coming to Game Pass Day 1. Okay, that sounds like a very Xbox move. Think about that for a minute. The new MOB The Show game, that's coming out later this month, will be free for Xbox Game Pass owners. Which is a lot of people who own Xboxes. On PlayStation 5, you need to pay $70 for that video game. Yeah, that's this definitely is, a thing. This is one of those stories that makes Xbox look very good and Sony look very bad. This is kind of amazing. I, I'm honestly very impressed with Xbox on this one. Like, How'd they manage to nail that down, What a honestly. middle finger. Well, so I think they worked with MLB. They are the publisher on the Xbox version. I don't think they had to do anything with Sony. <laughs> I feel like they were just like, 
we'll pay you to put it on Game Pass. Like, what a smart move. <laughs> I think that is brilliant. Um, and yeah, what a middle finger to PlayStation. <laughs> like, that's wild. Yeah, that's that's kind of insane that, that that would happen, especially yeah, considering think, like, that MLB was a PlayStation exclusive. You'd think that Sony would be, you know, with the deal with MLB would forbid them from allowing it on those services. <laughs> like, what a wild announcement. Um, it has me thinking maybe we'll get a surprise PlayStation Plus game. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Here's MLB on PlayStation Here's Plus. It's MLB. We swear, don't move. Don't go to Xbox. <laughs> It's just uh, it's just one of those stories that it's kind of when you actually when you first read it as not sports people who don't really care about this stuff it's like okay who cares and when you think about it it's like wait that's wild yeah that is wild um, and I think it's part of a larger effort for Game Pass I think we're gonna see a lot more big games coming there day one um, they had Outriders that sort of Gears of War third person shooter that came day one um, I think we're gonna see more stuff like that happen and I think this is one of those things and yeah good for them it's very smart um yeah it's fascinating Um, yeah that's wild um some of these days we don't have to talk about this today but some of these days we'll have to talk about the pros and cons of streaming games well remember xbox game pass is it's not streaming no i know but it's the bend the pros and cons of uh subscription-based gaming oh sure Um, sure because there's a Um, lot to unpack about that kind of stuff so i'll think on that i mean but here's the thing on this face right now if you're a baseball fan who hasn't been able to get a next-gen console because nobody has are you gonna go get a playstation 5 and then pay 70 dollars for a video game or are you gonna go get a xbox series x and pay 10 dollars for that video game you know like it's yeah this is um but it's also coming to the current gen consoles, correct? I, th- I'm not sure. I bet it is coming to PS4 at least. I don't know about Xbox One. That would seem. I feel oh, like oh, it is series... actually because I heard people talking about. That's the other thing is on. That's the other wild thing actually, on PlayStation Four to Five to upgrade. It's one of those pay us ten dollars for the deluxe version. Oh, that's on PlayStation cool. One because of smart delivery, or PlayStation One on <laughs> Xbox One. Because of their smart delivery program, it just upgrades when you put it in. So really, no matter how you look at it, PlayStation fans kind of getting fucked on this one. <laughs> yeah, this is a very good deal for Xbox owners. Yeah, um, yeah. No word on Game Pass for PC? I, uh, let me see, I have the article in front of me. Sorry, I did not put that in our show notes so because I wanted Connor to be surprised, so he is in the dark right now. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea about any of this. It completely slid under my radar. Um, I also wanted to point out that for the longest time, pretty much since like 2006, maybe even with the original Xbox, there was a sort of push where the Xbox side was more, I guess, like general audience focused. You know, they had a lot more of those military shooters focused with like the xbox live stuff and then uh the sports games i feel like a lot of people sort of gravitated towards that after the original xbox came out uh so this kind of i definitely see where they're going with the mlb move but to really just like shove it in sony's face seems really 
really wild that that would happen. Yeah, it's it's fun. I'm gonna be honest. So it's coming to console only, but it's also going to be available in the cloud, which don't forget is another arm of Game Pass, which they are putting games and allowing you to stream them. Um, which by the way, after we talked about the uh, backwards compatibility stuff last report, uh, Xbox came out and announced that they were adding a bunch of old xbox games to cloud streaming so not only will you be able to play those on the console you could just play them on your phone <laughs> so you know one company's saying fuck you to old games the another one is saying hey you can play them wherever you want <laughs> yeah what's wild about that too is that they're saying that and then they're also saying hey we got new games too like yeah sony has the exclusives but the the sort of wide array of games on xbox is definitely a very smart move and a very makes me very happy yeah and also remember in a couple years xbox will have those exclusives too (laughs) they bought all those developers that's going to start paying off yeah it's it's kind of a wild turn for that all right we're not done bashing on sony yet so this is one of those stories um i think more so than almost anything else here well maybe the game speed article i also recommend you go read we're going to provide a link in the description. You should go read this story. It is fantastic reporting uh, by uh, Jason Schreier, I believe, at Bloomberg. Um, Bloomberg is annoying because if you don't subscribe to them, you might not be able to see it. <laughs> so sorry about that. Eh, well, it, if you have a pop-up blocker, then... <laughs> oh, does that work? Uh, there's there's ways around it. <laughs> oh. Anyway, give this a view. Give this a click. It's uh, it's great reporting, and I'm just kind of condensing it down to bullet points, so there's stuff in here I did not put in here um, intentionally so, so it would be worth reading, because I think it was fantastic work. But I, I have titled this section, Sony Does Not Care About Smaller Projects. <sighs> so this is going to be a lot. Um, so Sony, Art, Sony Visual Art Services Group, um, which is a sort of smaller department in Sony, which helps them kind of complete games from other developers. They kind of work on everything, which I didn't know existed, honestly, until this story. Yeah, they're um, not a big credited studio, I guess. So, I think they're in the credits of those games, but I just never, I didn't know it existed. So they've, they've worked on stuff like Spider-Man and The Last of Us and all that stuff. Um, so they've basically touched almost every major game they've put out. Um... They were creating a remake of The Last of Us. Now, was this like a PS5 remake? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, Seems smart. Yes. So this was an initiative started within the team. It was about 30 people, the article mentions. They wanted to create a system where they got a little bit more autonomy as developers. So instead of just working on other people's projects, they wanted to sort of get a feel for developing stuff on their own a bit which makes sense given it's probably a bunch of creative people um they thought the best way to do that would be to pitch remakes just get their feet wet which makes sense the first thing they pitched actually which makes way more sense was an uncharted one remake which oh Sony i would denied. actually play the hell out of that <laughs> yes yes that would make way 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 more sense considering uncharted one's a cool game but even at the time it felt dated <laughs> so would have made way more sense Sony denied them. Instead, they went with a much safer option, a Last of Us remake, which is a much more modern game, so therefore it wouldn't require a ton more design work to bring it up to, you know, modern standards. Sure, I guess that makes sense. I'm going to complain about that later. <laughs> but uh, Sony did not give them the resources for this remake that they needed. 
they basically were never acknowledged, were never given more than, you know, they never got more than that 30 people to work on this thing. They were assigned to help Naughty Dog finish Last of Us 2, which took almost all of their effort. And after all of that, the remake was moved to Naughty Dog proper. After that, this group uh, disbanded, the group of 30 pretty much. A lot of the heads left and uh, left development. Um, and then the story is also talking about... Sorry, I'm getting mixed up. So yeah, that remake is now with Nod Dog, and they are developing that in-house. So first of all, let's talk about that. Why? <laughs> what a bubber. Yeah, I don't think... Of the Naughty Dog games, those really don't... That one really does not need help. Like, it's fine. It's... Like, what are you going to do to that... That w- that isn't already accomplished in the remastered version? Yeah, we played that last year for the show, and that game holds up very well. <laughs> the yeah, idea of making to a some full of us, remake? it's still better than the sequel. But, like, what are you going to do to the original to modernize it's already it's fine it's like 2013 was only eight years ago and that seems like a long time but that's it's fine it works it's great if you're gonna remake a game to bring it up to modern standards bring up jack and daxter (laughs) i need to actually play those games bring up uh the original uncharted games like do something that isn't as readily accessible last of us remasters available on ps plus collection by for god's sake like just play that yeah it's a it's a wild thing and you know i get it from the standpoint of this small group who wants to make something on their own like that i kind of get here's something not too much risk but it'll get your feet wet so you can you know it'll it'll let you do greater things later i kind of understand that them moving this remake to naughty dog and making it more of a full project Sucks on so many levels because, like, sure, remake The Last of Us. Maybe there are people out there who see that as old, fine, whatever. But let Naughty Dog either continue The Last of Us series or make something new. <laughs> so, like, the idea that this is happening is such a bummer to me because, like, why? We don't need it. You're right. It's completely unnecessary. Um, you know, having this small group make it makes a lot more sense. I don't know. It's just such a bummer to see. I'm I'm not thrilled about this. I think this will hold them back, too. It, it, it's just not good from any angle, really. Yeah, um, there's... Like, I guess if it's... If they're... It, I just don't see it needing to be remade. Like, if you make a PS5 patch to add whatever fancy-schmancy ray-tracing nonsense you want to it, I'm all on board for that. But, like, a remake that presumably would then be sold for more money like just seems this seems unnecessary totally um so next bummer within this story um sony bend pitched days gone 2 but because of the um, average critical reception of the first game they were denied that which to me makes no fucking sense in the world that game sold really well and it's not like it got a bad reception. It's got like sevens. <laughs> like it's not a bad game, and so it's one of those games that has that, a. Who is sorry. this, and what did they pitch? So Bend, Sony Bend, um, Days Gone. So if you remember that game, that zombie game from a couple of years ago with the biker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were pitching the sequel to that game. 
that they made. Okay. So same developer pitching the sequel, you know, right after the first game got made. They got denied because that game wasn't as critically loved as some of Sony's other games. Which is nonsense, because it sold very well, and it has a great core. As many people pointed out, Days Gone 2 could have been super exciting, because I'm sure they would have looked at that criticism and went, okay, what do we do to fix this? What do yeah, we do to make this a better a, experience? And it's not like a terrible or broken... I haven't played it, uh, but it's not a terrible broken game. You said it got sevens. Like, okay, cool. Then if you have the opportunity to expand on it or fix the things that didn't work, and then sort of make it better then why wouldn't you i mean especially if it sold moderately to pretty well like and i don't see why not i i, I mean it's video game sequels like we all know this like assassin's creed is a famous example of a game that came out and it was like okay this has some good ideas but it's not great and then assassin's creed 2 came out where they took in all that feedback and that game is incredibly influential and you know probably pioneered what we know video game design to be today i mean fucking for god's sake i i still think we wouldn't have breath of the wild if it wasn't for assassin's creed like yeah that's completely valid the you know it's a different case because you think about that with movies where like oh the sequels never is good but with video games it's kind of the exact opposite where you have a lot more Usually, if a game sells well, you'll have more resources to make a sequel. That's not always the case, but you'll usually have more resources to make it, and then you can expand on what worked and what didn't and change things and make it more fun. Yeah, it's it's just a wild decision, and I'm like, they have such they have a good core, so like why would you rip that away from them? You know, I can't imagine, by the way, that that's great for morale around the studio. Um, this wasn't. I think this was kind of referenced in the story, but a couple months ago, the leads from Sony Ben left just randomly, and I'm guessing this is why. <laughs> like, I'm sure people there aren't thrilled about this, and then the next part, um, you know, I guess kind of proves that. They were assigned to help Naughty Dog with two projects, a multiplayer game and a new entry in the Uncharted series. Um, they asked to be taken off the Uncharted game because they were concerned that they would be absorbed into Naughty Dog which is valid. Um, yeah, especially if you just had your pitch for a game that you're passionate about denied. Yep, and luckily Sony honored that request, and now they seem to be making a new IP, which, you know, what a wild... Like, hey, we're not going to let you make a thing that's been proven to sell that people like, it just doesn't have a 10 out of 10 critical reception, so make something new <laughs> instead of building on that other thing. Yeah, start Whatever. from the ground up and then give us a 10 out of 10 rather than you know, improving I'm, your going go from gonna 0 to 10 IP, rather than 7 to 10 yeah like come on like what is that um that was sort of all the news that we can pull from that story the article is sort of more about the general the the general sort of air around sony right now it's um it's sort of obsession with blockbusters and what that is doing to the teams there and how they're, the people are handling it, which is to say, not great, because they're kind of getting steamrolled for stuff that has been proven to be big. And that... I I don't know. Like I, I, don't, I don't know if I have anything new to say other than that sucks. <laughs> like, Yeah, well, and it's also another sort of hit. We've been talking the last couple of reports on how Sony is kind of shooting themselves in the foot with, the, with this whole kind of 
uh, with the backwards compatibility issue and now this and um, where they're too focused on what's big and what will sell a lot or what will get those really great critical receptions and not focused on having creative and just sort of niche games uh there was something that came across on the twitter and i'll see if i can link it in the episode if i remember too but it was one of the heads there talking about uh vib ribbon where they're like that was sean layton yeah they're like this game wasn't a million seller but that wasn't the point and it's like oh that really isn't applicable like they don't have that mentality at all anymore well i miss god i miss sean layton so bad um we never found out what happened to him by the way one day like two years ago he was just gone and fucking uh old games are bad jim ryan took his place (laughs) yikes yeah so it's clear why this is happening which by the way people have been pointing out if you go to sean layden's twitter and look at his twitter likes they are telling a story he is liking everybody going (laughs) what is playstation doing you know <laughs> he's on it's their really side funny he's not saying anything about it but he's definitely acknowledging it through his twitter links um yeah i miss that um it's honestly giving me flashbacks of ps3 Arizona in the beginning you know when they were like you'll get a second job to afford this console <laughs> and everybody yeah. was like no <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's also you know obviously nintendo is kind of another focus where they tend to make what they want and it'll sell and it's whatever. And maybe they make something average or maybe they make something fantastic and it's kind of whatever the Nintendo sells what they want. But then you look at like Microsoft and they have a bunch of just weird stuff that they're not really, they're not banking on it being a blockbuster. They're like, Hey, it's going to be cool. (laughs) Like psychonauts two is probably not going to sell metric fuckloads. Like, whatever else comes out but psychonauts 2 is going to be cool it's probably going to get pretty great reviews i'm still excited for it but it's just like that sort of mentality where sony's sort of risk averse to a point where it's stifling these unique projects yeah and the reason why microsoft can do that is because of game pass right that's another plus for that service when we talk about that later you know in a future episode they their model is we don't need individual games to sell but we do need content for game pass so even if psychonauts 2 doesn't sell at all it's still a plus for game pass they can still say hey look look at this game on game pass as part of your subscription where you get a ton of other games too yeah you and don't have to pay do that. 70 50 to 70 dollars for it you could just play it here and then see if you like it yeah totally and that's why they can get away with doing stuff like that um yeah, I'm just bummed about Sony, honestly. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, they were, PlayStation 1 was my first console, so I have an attachment to that PlayStation brand, I guess, in a weird way. And so, like, seeing them make these decisions just bums me out. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's especially wild because I still think, obviously, uh, both of us are people who bought PS5s rather than Xbox Series Xs off the bat. Yeah. And I definitely feel like, at this point, I'm still feeling like that's a valid choice where, yeah, Xbox has all of these exclusives and whatnot where that that's going to be 
a good thing for them, but also I'm a person with a PC, so I don't have to worry about that. And PlayStation has these brands that they're going to hold on to and keep on their console. I just am really bummed out to see that the exclusives that I essentially bought a console for might not live up to the sort of dedicated standards or originality that I would like to see. You know, we just recently covered a Concrete Genie. That was just like a super weird thing that they pulled together for the PS4 era. And they're like, hey, like, honestly, it's probably not going to sell a ton, but hey, it's cool. It's an exclusive. You might as well try it. Um, I just kind of want that energy back. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, in that episode, we noted how that game even then feels weird. Like, it doesn't feel like modern Sony to have put out a small game like that. And that sucks. I mean, we have Journey and Flower because of them. Like, they were so into funding smaller indie games in the past. And it just, it's a bummer to see them drop off of that. All right. Well, regardless, speaking of Sony, I have had my PlayStation 5 for, what, about four and a half months now? You got yours a couple weeks ago. Yes, I got mine about a month ago. So Just about a month ago. Let's look back then, and let's sort of review our experiences so far. I know at the beginning of the year we put out an Astrobot slash PlayStation 5 review where I talked about my experience. I've had a couple more months with it. You have had yours for a month. So we thought we'd, we'd kind of update that a little bit and give our thoughts. How are you doing with your PlayStation 5? Um, first things first, it's freaking huge i still can't get over that it's <laughs> massive did you did you find an extra closet to stuff that bad boy in <laughs> well i still haven't found a space to put the box it's still kind of sitting in my closet taking up all of it but uh it's not in my small tv setup yet it's still with the big tv so i don't have it looming over my big tv my small tv but yeah man it takes up the whole entertainment center it's wild uh, the I other am... thing I can't get over is the load times. I am still not over that. Yes, well, to note on the size, it might be a bit inconvenient, but I'm so happy it's that big because I'm so happy because you know that thing is like 90% fans. And yeah, honestly, God, it's not relief. super loud. The, the PlayStation Pro at the end of that life cycle was just the worst. Like, I had cases where it was so... Like, playing The Last of Us 2... And Call of Duty um, Cold War were the two examples where I had where I like, I cannot hear the game over the PlayStation. <laughs> the PlayStation <laughs> fans are just trying to keep this poor thing alive. This is a problem. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I actually booted up my PS4 because uh, my PS4 is set up with my small TV and I was playing some PS4 games anyway. So uh, I booted it up to play a game and I forgot how loud that sucker is. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's awful. I wasn't uh, even playing an intensive game, but yeah, the fans are running. The disc drive is still noisy as hell. That's partly because mine is my disc drive's going out. But yeah, man, it's an improvement for sure. Yeah. By the way, when you picked up that PS4 controller, did you have the reaction I did after picking up mine for the first time in a while and going, oh, this feels awful. <laughs> I I got used to it again, but picking it up, the like base of the grips the feel plastic. really big. Yeah. They feel really big to me. Like the base of the grips on the P on the dual senses, they sort of taper off. These they sort of bulge out on the bottom. 
Uh, the other thing I noticed is that the shoulder buttons are like really small compared. Uh, like the R1 and L1 buttons are just, um, they feel really small. And then the triggers obviously are like a, they're a huge improvement for the PS5 because of all their fanciness. But like, they just feel really small to me now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, it was literally just the, the tactile nature of the plastic on it without that grip. I was like, ugh, this doesn't feel good anymore. It, which, you know, is a good thing. It means that the PS5 controller feels good. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's one of those, you wouldn't think it would feel that different until you go back for a minute to check something. And it's like, oh, this is such an improvement. Yeah, it kind of made me reluctant to go back to the PS5 for that, back to the PS4 for that very reason, because I was like, oh, but then I have to use the DualShock 4, not the DualSense, even though it's the exact same game on both consoles. It's like, "Mm, but the controller's different. Yeah, 1000%. So you're playing, what what are you playing? Uh, I was playing Danganronpa on PlayStation 4. Obviously not something that requires a whole lot of controller dexterity. It's mostly like one button. Are you walking between both consoles with that? Um, I might just stick to the PS4 for that until I finish it. I played half of it on the PS5. Um, I just used the PlayStation Plus cloud transfer to transfer the save file, but yeah, that's the only thing I really was doing. So you found that process smooth? Yes. For When I set up the PlayStation, I know this was a sort of a problem where you would get your PlayStation 5 and it would give you the option to transfer data from your PS4. And you say, okay, do that. And then it's like, okay, it's going to take eight hours. And you're like, oh, well, okay. Um, I did that because I was leaving the house anyway. So I was like, okay, fine, do it. And it'll be ready when I got back. Uh, It actually, I was still kind of messing around with stuff until I got ready to leave. And it was already almost done. So like it says it's eight hours. It probably will only take about like three at the most. Um, yeah, that's wild to me. I, I started that and when I did mine and then I saw it was like, yeah, eight hours or something. I was like, nope. <laughs> and stopped it and just did the individual games I cared about. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, so I just moved. Again, I, I only moved like the games I was interested in playing right away. So stuff like little nightmares one and then um uh there were a couple other ones that i was like i want to play these because i'm playing them on the ps4 right now Uh, concrete genie was one of them so i just pushed them i just did those ones rather than install everything (laughs) so that's probably why it didn't take super long but yeah moving save save data if you have a ps plus is not too bad because you just send it to the cloud and then when you get on the other console, you just download that one and then overwrite your previous outdated one. Uh, yeah, not too bad there. Yeah, I've had I've had a lot of good luck with that too. I have heard some people say that depending on the game, it can be kind of a pain. I still have not gotten that Tony Hawk re-release, which oh, I'm planning either. on. And I've heard really bad things about moving save data over with that one. So just something to keep in note. And with Crash, I also heard bad things about that. I was never intending to move my save data over because I'm like, I'm just going to replay it anyway, so I don't care. But yeah, just to, just to know yeah, on that. Yeah, that one was finicky when I moved my PlayStation 4 data over because the Crash and certain other games do it themselves rather than requiring a PS Plus membership, which is good. But 
it's a little weird because you don't quite upload it the same way like you do but then you have to go into the game menu and then search for your previous data and i think control also has this feature but like you have to do it through the game menu rather than through the playstation menu and it can get a little confusing uh when i was doing crash i just looked up a guide for it so yeah um and i'll note sackboy's big adventure not little big planet did that to me too you have to go into the game into the pause menu and upload it the advice i've heard is if you're upgrading a game that was a ps4 version to a ps5 version do not delete the ps4 version until you are sure your save data is over yeah yeah because otherwise you just have to reinstall the game and then do it manually through that but which is a problem considering how small these hard drives are i will say yeah uh my ps4 i think i have the the 500 gigabyte model and then the ps5 the default one is like 850 yeah um which is a problem when say you have to install doom eternal and doom eternal's like 60 gigabytes yep and i'm you know i i had a terabyte playstation so it's a little less than i had and it's annoying it's just frustrating like this is so small and i get it it's an ssd but like it's it's just annoying it's just one of those things where like you're going to be deleting games a lot um hopefully you don't have internet with like a data cap or something because you'll be downloading a lot yeah how's your um did you play any uh call of duties on the playstation 5 so no because of activision's upgrade fee stuff i put my foot down and i said no and then tony hawk came and i put my foot down and i said maybe (laughs) so this is the maybe foot yeah i'm not thrilled about that stuff like some games requiring you to pay to upgrade like i think it's a little little garbage honestly the Um, one that i'm like okay it makes sense to upgrade is final fantasy when that comes out because it's going to have the dlc so it's basically ten dollar dlc yeah and tony hawk's trying to justify that as well not tony hawk the person (laughs) tony hawk the video game (laughs) mr tony Uh, the hawk because it's it's if you bought the deluxe digital edition on ps4 you don't have to pay but if you didn't you have to pay that ten dollars and you get whatever that content was i just don't care about that stuff so it's just frustrating to me yeah well and there's no way to do it if you bought like a physical deluxe version i don't know it's really weird yeah it's dumb um to compliment psn though i feel like i don't know what they've done but the download speeds on psn have been fantastic for me yeah no kidding in the past yeah they've done work to it like it's been greatly improved and i don't know if that's just a case of uh reading and writing data to the ssd being faster that they can uncap some of those download speeds um but yeah i was i had to reinstall dangaropa to my ps4 and even just copying from the disc took really long (laughs) like i think the disc copying is like 30 gigabytes which seems really big honestly but maybe it doesn't copy everything but it took like almost a full hour to do on the ps4 whereas on the ps5 i literally didn't notice that it did it at all yeah um for me it was ratchet and clank when i redownloaded that I was going to put it in rest mode and be like, okay, I'll come back to this tonight. It was like in the middle of the day and it'll probably be done by then. Um, I was just messing around and other things left it on 
and it was done in 30 minutes completely like i could open the application and play the game yeah i when i was first setting it up i was like hey i'm just going to download all these games or i think it was recently i was like i'm going to download little nightmares and prey and control and let's just download all of that right now and then it's like oh yeah no all of these are just done in a couple hours <laughs> yeah and that ratchet and clank download on ps4 would have taken it i don't know five six hours at least so i'm i'm pretty impressed by that i think that's been a, that's a nice improvement and a nice upgrade obviously it's going to be dependent on your internet connection but i feel like they sort of i mean made is that because i feel like on i feel like they were the throttling that stuff <laughs> like yeah but obviously if you have like a weaker internet connection it's not going to be that impressive but yeah i feel like they did allow it to be faster yeah um which you know is a great improvement on the ps3 stuff which was horrendous back in the day um as i am also re-experiencing now downloading a bunch of ps3 stuff yeah how was that oh yeah let's talk about that um we you know we've been talking about the last two episodes um, still no backwards compatibility stuff for things that are older than the PS4. That is the biggest negative right now for me with the entire system. Um, well, they couldn't even figure out how to get every single PS4 backwards compatible. Obviously, it's only like eight games total, but... It was like I eight mean, games total, and even the like the most notable one was Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And even that, they fixed. Yeah, I think currently it's like the most notable one is like shack fu or something right so you know for the vast majority of games it's fine um yeah i'm i'm not thrilled about that stuff obviously as you've probably heard um i think that is a legitimate bummer you know i would have liked to play the ratchet and clank series on my ps5 to get ready for rift apart but now i'm stuck up you know updating my old ps3 and messing around with that and you know then there's well, the store closer couple, stuff by the end of the year I, if i even manage to get a ps3 then i just won't be able to do that without resorting to piracy yeah it's it's not uh not great on sony's part um on that how have you found the haptic feedback stuff so far uh, actually it's been pretty great i was worried i think i might have said this in the astrobot episode I was worried that after playing that, I, after long periods of time playing with the, um, with the adaptive triggers, I was specifically, I was worried about that getting tiresome, uh, and some like of the intense haptic stuff could get a little tiresome, but every game that I've played with it so far has been, uh, just that little bit more like neat and I guess immersive, but not intrusive as much as Astro is. And Astro is, like, neat and novel, but it's very much trying to show off the thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's more intense than a lot of other games that use it. Uh, the games I've played being Demon Souls, Spider-Man, and uh, Control. And all of those, I had no issues playing multiple hours with it. and not I didn't get tired of it. Yeah, same. I will say the only disappointing thing is how many games don't use it. <laughs> I feel like so far, um, a lot of third-party games, Assassin's Creed, Immortals Phoenix Rising, I've played, don't use it at all. Um, uh, and that stuff's kind of a bummer to see. I really hope more developers embrace that thing, because it is a unique feature of the system. 
and then yeah, on it and say a, no. Being a gimmick, it's not going to be adopted by everyone, especially if they're dedicating multiple platforms. They might not put in that extra effort, but it's very it's very cool when they do. It's very cool when they do, and it's possible to make it non-intrusive. Um, I think Control does does an interesting thing where her footsteps vibrate on your controller. I straight like, up did not even notice that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and Astrobot does that too. Um, well, yeah, but that one's more noticeable. Yeah, so or Spider Man has a bit of tension when you're swinging, so like, it, it you know, there's ways to use it in little subtle ways that just enhance it. That once you go back to other controllers, you'll notice. So I, I do hope more developers, you know, embrace that a bit more. I'm not expecting you know Astrobot levels every time. In fact, I think you're uh, right in noting that that would get annoying. Yeah, for sure. Unless the game was designed around that. So, yeah, I'm, I, I I need that. And on the same token, the activity cards. For the games that use those well, they're awesome. Yeah, I, no I kidding. Still, I actually really like those. Yeah, they're brilliant. They're, they make games really accessible because you can look up guides and stuff right on your console. It's great. A lot of games still don't use them. Yeah, um, and they don't cover everything, especially those like guide ones. First of all, I think the guides are only available for PS Plus members, so that's a little limiting. Oh, that but, sucks. I didn't know yeah, because there's a little plus icon whenever you try and check a guide. But the and they don't cover everything. Like when I was playing Demon Souls, sure it's helpful if you go into an activity card and then it tells you kind of some tips on how to fight a boss, maybe. But if I'm looking up like, oh well, I have this. Uh, scimitar or my um falcon how am i going to upgrade it and then what paths deal what and it's like okay i'm just going to look up a guide for that like obviously part of the fun might be kind of figuring it out for yourself but i don't want to screw myself out of something accidentally so i'm going to look up for a guide for this uh it doesn't cover everything but uh for the things that it does cover pretty cool um the using the activity cards in a game like astrobot or um spider-man where they're actual cards for activities that are happening in the game uh and then you can just push a button and then it will take you to where the activity is taking place i found that pretty cool um awesome even when it doesn't it still kind of gives you a good idea um control also does a really cool thing where it'll have the chapter on the card and then it will tell you approximately how long until you beat that chapter yes i love that stuff so it's like oh well this chapter isn't going to be super long. I might just do it because it's only, it says it's only like half hour or ah, I still have a half hour. I should probably stop here. Um, I found that a cool little bit of extra stuff if you wanted it, but not intrusive if you don't. Yeah. My biggest problem with it is I do think it needs, it needs a menu. Like it needs a way where you can just look at all the guides they offer at once i think the way they do it is just by servicing the stuff it thinks you want at that moment which oftentimes it's correct but there were a couple times bug snacks i think was the big example for me where if you have a bunch of quests active it'll only show you like the i don't know four most recent quests you've activated so if you wanted to go back and do an older quest those activity cards aren't there for that quest which is just annoying yeah especially if you're if you want that sort of convenience, obviously for something like bug snacks, the quest is still in your quest log in game. So you can do that, but I I don't know the convenience of having a dedicated button for it in the center of the controller. Yeah. It's kind of weird when they don't allow it. I just need like a, 
expand list or view all guides button in there somewhere you know like a like because they have all that data so it, it just needs to it needs some ui for it to so i can look at stuff that maybe you know it's not anticipating me to do but i want to do anyway that's all um, yep but you know it's the only console with that feature so <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing of like it's still super cool <laughs> um, yeah it's just like here's a couple things that could be done done better and you know it's you can just update it it's not like it's a fault at the it's it's a fault at the moment but it won't be forever yep couple of little things i have why is it super annoying to get to your trophy list yeah that added step is really annoying (laughs) it's so like why isn't it in the in the menu when you push the ps plus button like why um yeah, it's also weird that it doesn't have. It's like an extra step to get to some of those settings, where on the PS4 you would just hold the button. Which, by the way, that's super weird that they just reversed it for the PS5, where you tap instead of hold, and then that will be something it, for the entire generation. I will. Mess yeah, up. I'm always gonna get tripped up on that. Uh, I actually. Uh, going back to the PS4, I got tripped up on. It. I pushed it, and then I'm like, no, wait, <laughs> where's the menu? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so maybe I'm already getting used to it, but I've been playing a lot with headphones plugged into the controller and to get to the, uh, sound option, you have to then scroll down cause it defaults your cursor to the activity bar. And then you have to scroll over to the headphone thing or the audio thing, click on that. And then you get the options. Whereas on the PS4, you just hold the button. And then if your cursor was already there, cool. It, you don't have to move it. Uh, otherwise you just go up to it and then you can adjust it there it's just like a little bit of they tried to simplify it i guess but they made it a lot more cumbersome and slightly more confusing yep totally um Uh, the thing that really tripped me up was and maybe it's just because i'm dumb but i couldn't find my screenshots for a while (laughs) oh yeah it's like a weird separate app yeah, which I think is what is the case on the PS4, but I just straight up could not find it for the longest time because it just kind of blended into the background when I look at my games. Plus, it was at the very bottom. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, talk about screenshots, though. I'm really happy with the quality of all that stuff. Huge improvement over the PS4. <laughs> like, really nice to see videos, you know, that aren't, like, whatever... I don't know if you're lucky 720p. Yeah, I didn't even really notice that um, so much as when you want to take a video of what just happened. You know how on the Switch, if you hold down the capture button, it'll record the last 30 seconds? Yep. Super cool. Uh, If you did that on the PS4, it would record the last 15 minutes. (laughs) Well, you could change that. Okay. Yeah. Could you you do that on the PS4? You could change it from, I think 15 minutes was the longest. You could do 10 or 5 or I think 30 seconds too was an option. Okay, I don't remember that at all, but this I time it just gives you 15 minutes. So it's like Yeah, this time it gives you that right when you click the button. It's like, okay, how long do you want to record? 15 seconds. Okay, cool. Um and then I don't have to really worry about this 15 minute long video clogging up my hard drive and then I have to go in and crop it to find the one little bit that I wanted to record and then post that to Twitter or whatever, but yeah, I found that all uh, that little ease pretty nice. Um, still, 
a little weird having some games that use the touchpad as the select button. Um, I won't quite get over that, but overall pretty good. Yeah. Um, also to note, I think you can record up to an hour of footage now. Okay. <laughs> I don't is, think I'll ever do that, but okay. I mean, if you wanted to get footage of a game for any reason, it seems to be an okay solution to that. I mean, obviously not going to be as good as a capture card or whatever but i kind of like that it's there actually yeah no because that could be a good because capture cards aren't super cheap so if you are like sort of an aspiring game reviewer then you just want a footage for a little bit of the video then yeah that could be helpful to have that i mean it's something i've considered looking into using um when we do our little twitter clips if we do a game on playstation that's usually where i pull that video from um yeah i yeah, I, it, and the video is usually pretty crisp looking. Like it looks nice. It's not, you know, I'm sure it's not quite as high resolution, but like it looks pretty good. And I will say, uh, I posted a Ratchet and Clank twi- uh, clip to Twitter that looks great on console. Uh, Twitter's compression totally wrecks it. Yeah, so, but that's Twitter's fault. <laughs> yeah, so you know, if you've seen clips on Twitter, understand it. No, it looks way better than that. Um, and I will say, posting stuff to Twitter, this is so minor, but. Man, is it annoying that it defaults to putting PS5 share at the beginning of a tweet <laughs> now instead yeah. of at the end like the PS4 did. Yeah, that's weird. Um, also, it won't let you swear, which is frustrating. It, it Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that you, might be an option, but that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll look into that. But yeah, you can't, you can't. PlayStation won't let you say fuck, even though you could share videos of people saying fuck. <laughs> which is, ellie says fuck but you can't yeah you're not allowed which is it's it's just a dumb little thing that you know i hope so i hope that gets ironed out um i do have to say shout out to it having text-to-speech on the menus oh yeah the, when you boot up the console for the first time the accessibility is really nice yeah but even when you're writing tweets you can hit the microphone button and you're just talking to your controller which is really nice oh for me. yeah i forgot about that edition that's super nice yeah, um, not perfect. I think their UI needs some work, but but yeah, it's nice that they have it at all. Um, yeah, I'm still a big fan of the um, gyro pointer for the keyboard. That's still here. Um, uh, that work, works pretty well, but that's a me preference. Uh, it's good to have options, though. I'm glad that voice to oh yeah, one thousand percent voice to text is really good. One thousand percent. I know you are mostly a physical person, but did have you spent any time on the PS Store? Um, I have navigated over there. I haven't bought anything off of the PS5 yet, um, other than, you know, downloading, like, the PS, the Crash 4 PS5 version. But having it not have to load in between is really nice. Oh, yeah, it just feels so snappy and so much better than the PS4 or PS3 uh, stores that you'd have to, you know, basically load into a different app to access. It's, yeah, it's part of the UI and really smooth uh as long as we're complimenting the ui having that second media tab i've been using that a lot super nice <laughs> oh so much better than the ps4's like awful app that you have to scroll down it, it was weird that was a weirdly handled thing <laughs> yeah now you just slide over it looks exactly like your game bar and then you could just sort of slide over to you don't have to sort through a bunch of advertisements or apps that you don't care about. It's like, here's the ones that you actually have installed and are using. You could just click on them there. And really glad that they took the sort of activity card 
sort of um, style to that too. Where like if you're you know over Disney Plus, it'll give you a bunch of shows below that, and you could just click on that, and it'll bring you directly to that show. Um, YouTube will just pull up your YouTube recommendations, so it's uh, a which my YouTube recommendations are always pretty whack, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that's YouTube's fault. <laughs> that's mine. I turned off my history. Uh, that's a whole other issue. But yeah, when we're watching like HBO Max, and it's like here's the here's the show that you were watching here's the next episode it's like oh cool i could just click that yeah totally it's it's super convenient and useful and i'm pretty happy with that stuff is there anything we've missed you want to mention um yeah not mentioning specific games but uh i do like in the all games tab uh there's an option to just sort there's a like a separate tab for the ones that are just installed super nice. Yes, so nice like having that there's also a tab for games that you have through ps plus so also pretty great um they have a filter for which ones are ps5 and which ones are ps4 you can sort that way uh just having those little minor improvements on sorting i found uh, pretty great oh i do want uh, to mention they seem to have fixed i had an issue on the last review where i was playing ac valhalla and uh it was a free ps5 upgrade so i was playing the ps5 version but with a ps4 disc it would just randomly start installing the ps4 version from the disc without me telling it to which oh is yeah frustrating with the small hard drive and i think they seem to have fixed that so if you're running off ps4 discs it's just doesn't seem to be an issue anymore okay i haven't looked into that because i think the only game that i did that for mm. was crash 4 and i think i still have like both versions installed for some reason so whatever yeah, that was the game but, I noticed it. I'm um, not doing that with, and I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I was trying to move save files and got confused, so that's why both are installed. Yep. Uh, if you do have both installed and for some reason want to swap to a different version, that's also super easy to do. Super easy to do, but apparently very confusing. <laughs> Lots of people uh, playing Call of Duty thinking they're playing the PS5 version, but playing the PS4 one. Yeah, there's so. like a button that you can swap between which version you have installed. Um, yeah. Or which version you're playing that is installed. Uh, super cool. I don't quite understand why. Because, <laughs> like, obviously I would want to play the PS5 version if I have it, but okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's because some games require you to pay for upgrades, so. But it only selects from ones that you have installed. So if you've bought it, then you have the. <laughs> then it will be on the menu yeah, if you have it it's know. not there i don't know well that is the playstation 5 i'm enjoying it so far um I, I i honestly think my biggest criticism right now is i don't feel like there's any great exclusive games yet and not yeah just after i finished demon souls and spider-man i'm like okay <laughs> yeah i mean like exclusively good on next gen video games like i feel like we're lacking um in that content right now um, so, you know, that, that is an issue where it's, I'm playing a lot of PS4 games that are upgraded, which are nice, but I want, I want something new and shiny and I'm missing that. Um, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm playing anything other than like Oddworld that is even upgraded. <laughs> so. Oh, that's true. I guess I played Oddworld. So there's that, but that game, like that game feels old, you know, it looks nice, but like, I'm, I guess the next game is Returnal. <laughs> Which, yeah, I don't think month, I'm going to get that, so... Returnal and then Resident Evil. 
I guess. Um, and then Ratchet and Clank in June. Yeah. Um, but yeah, console overall, aside games aside, which is a wild sentence to say, I guess, <laughs> very much enjoying. Uh, I will say I have been helping um, my sibling try and get one. That process is still insane. So if you feel bad about not having one, don't be. It's still just insanely difficult to get one. Uh, Dustin and I both got pretty lucky on our picks. And uh, yeah, it's rough out there. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, yeah, it sucks out there right now. And hey, you're still getting a bunch of the games. Like They surprised. Though I will say, if you are running on older consoles, maybe don't pre-order those games. Maybe uh, wait for reviews and reactions. I, for example, think it's kind of insane that they announced a PS4 version of Resident Evil 8 like randomly a couple months ago and did not show it. <laughs> so, Yeah, I'd probably wait and see how that version runs before you actually pick it up. Yeah, which, you know, in general you should do that, but especially now that games are targeting new platforms, you know, just be wary. Um, yes, well, thank you for listening. Um, in the feed, our last episode was still the Concrete Genie episode, which I thought was a great episode. Short but sweet. Cool game. Check that out. Um, and next up, we will have a review of Little Nightmares. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier, but we just uh, just recorded the first one. So uh, super, in- definitely enjoyed that one. Um, that'll be next up on the feed. Yep. And then after that, the plan is, because we didn't have any formal plans to cover the mobile game, we will talk about it on the next report. Um, you know, probably more of a impressions than a actual review, but we'll have that there for you, and then after that will be Little Nightmares 2, of course. So, we got stuff coming up. Yeah, um, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and remember to always be good to each other. Yep, and take care. Bye.